0: This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. You guys ready for this? I was just telling the team over here, I believe this is going to be a rough ride this morning. So uh, seatbelts on, brace yourself, um, get your little pacifier to keep you from crying. I'm joking, it's not going to be that bad. But... Um, I wanna jump right in to the title of this message. Um, It is three life-changing questions. Three questions that can change, drastically change your life. Um, You hear promises like this all the time. Uh, You hear guarantees like this all the time, right? It's like, hey, this one mattress will change your life. This one investment will change your life. Um, I'm not here to BS you about a mattress that will give you better sleep or this medication that will take away your problems I want to talk to you about Jesus Christ and his word and three questions that this passage before us um, stares at us in the face that will, that has to change your life drastically dramatically um, with an eternal perspective three questions that will change your life three life changing questions and that should be there on the screen right now Um, but while you are pondering on, uh, or maybe even giggling to yourself or even doubting this this crazy outrageous claim that there's three questions that uh, should change my life. Um, I want you to ask also uh, consider this. What can a 37 year old, that's me, a 37 year old pastor from the opposite side of the globe um, possibly have to ask you that will change your life dramatically. I'm more of uneducated too. So what in the world is so crazy is so uh fantastic that is so thought provoking that should change your life dramatically and and this is the funny part because uh it's not really me that's asking these questions it's god's word that is implying these three questions in just 12 verses before us there are a million questions in the bible i'm sure that will change your life but these are the three questions that i want us to to dive deep into uh that will change your life you know We're going through the book of Ecclesiastes and my wife very often asks me this question. She says, why do you like to torture yourself? Why do you like to um, you know, kill yourself with teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. You're asking yourself the question: Why is this guy, in this time of lockdown, when the church is going through so much, why go through a crazy book like the book of Ecclesiastes? And I hope there's some LOL comments right now because that deserves some LOL, some laughing out loud. Why go through the book of Revelation and then go through the book of Ecclesiastes? Just do something like the Gospel of John, right? Which I would love to do. The Gospel of John. I believe that I can preach that book in my sleep uh, because I like that book a lot. But this is why I want us to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Because it asks questions that will change your life. You see, oftentimes, please track with me. Oftentimes, we as Christians, we love the Word of God. We believe the Word of God. But we don't know how to live the Word of God. Amen? we don't know how it really translates into monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday you like to spray your perfume wear a good shirt shave your beard some of you guys don't do that but anyways you show up and you're like hey i'm at church this is great have some communion and go back but you do not know how this beautiful book that's alive how does it impact my day-to-day life how do i see salvation in me overcoming sin how do i see the transformation work of god in my day-to-day life and that's why i like this book a lot because i Uh, think there's a time for us to go through the book of john for us to go through the book of you know galatians and romans and learn theology but it's pointless it's meaningless it's vanity it's habel it's vapor if you do not know how it actually practically impacts your day-to-day life and and if you're not seeing the gospel represented in your day-to-day life man this this gospel that you say you hold on to it's meaningless it's worthless it means nothing Um, true spiritual wisdom gives us True spiritual strength and energy. Ooh, I sounded a little new age over there. <laughs> Who just left the chat? Anyways, <laughs> true spiritual wisdom gives us true spiritual strength and energy. Now, Again, I'm not doing this to to attract the new age crowd, but I'm doing this so that you who are believers in Jesus will get off your high horse and humble yourself and know that you need energy in this life. I mean, we're going through this crazy time where you feel alone, you feel depressed, you feel suicidal, you feel good for nothing. You need this energy that God gives you. You need strength to get you through. True spiritual wisdom, the Bible tells us, will give us spiritual strength and energy for as long as you live. And then when your time comes to die, It will lead you to eternal and everlasting life. We saw this last week that the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom. You see, the book of Ecclesiastes challenges our cliche Christianity. Our phrases that we just throw around that we do not know what it means and we do not know how it applies to our life. Or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it really mean? The Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes that the fear of the Lord is not only the beginning of wisdom, but it's also the source of satisfaction because it will show you, it will tell you how you can be satisfied in Jesus, how you can be satisfied not when you just look at the things under the sun, but when you look at the S-O-N, the Son of God who came into the world. I told you this is going to be a rough ride this morning, okay? Because it's once again going to confront the thrones that we sit on, it's going to confront the, the, the laziness that we have in the so-called eternal life that we've held on to. It's going to confront the things that we've kind of just put on the back burner and it's become a part of our Christianity. Um, Solomon, he's the wisest guy who ever lived, but he doesn't find any satisfaction in anything under the sun because even the wisest man on earth couldn't save himself from sin or the effects of sin. Now, you can have money, you can have wisdom, you can have friends. Um, you can have a, a big church that you're a part of where you have satisfaction and joy. But none of that is going to save you from the effects of sin and from the wages of sin, which is death. But in his wisdom, Solomon points out three questions, like I said earlier, which will help us live a better life here in this broken world. And man, I need I need God's strength in being able to, to go through this. Uh, so I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for you I'm going to pray for me because these questions I really believe will change the way your perspective on life it will give you an eternal perspective which we need desperately especially in times like this uh, so would you please bow your hearts um, open your, your senses open your emotions open your intellect uh, open your past and give your future into God's hands right now as I pray for you so Father I come to you in the name of Jesus um, who died and rose again The one who forever will bear the marks of those nails that were pierced in his hands and his feet. We come to you in the name of Yeshua. In whose name your word says that ask anything and I will give you. So we come in the name of Jesus. And thank you Lord that because of his name that's holy you now know my name. You now know each and every person whose hearts are raised to you. Who says God give me discernment in how to live. God, teach me your ways so that I can walk according to your plans that you have for me. God, give me patience to wait for your ways. And God, as we read these, these, these next few verses now, even though it's not tightly packed, would you now, through your Holy Spirit, give us the, the, the patience and, and give us the understanding to be able to really eat this word of life so that it will cause us to grow muscles of faith, and your word says that without faith it's impossible to please you. So give us the faith now, O oh Lord, to be pleasing in your sight as we learn from your word. Great God that you are, invade every home, invade every heart, even the hardened ones, Would you, I pray that in faith that you would turn it to the hearts of flesh. And cause those who are not born again to be born again. And cause those who are fooling themselves that they are born again to truly be regenerate this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I uh, I want you guys to participate with me as much as you can, uh, because man, this is getting old very fast. I'm just going to tell you, okay? It's hard to come up over here and to preach like it's my last every single week when I'm staring at a camera. Uh, but it's really encouraging when my when I go back and see that it's actually impacting you. So please participate with me. If God is speaking to you, encouraging you, convicting you uh, in those comments, whatever it is that God's uh, you know prompting you to to put out over there, let's go ahead and do this. Are you ready? Three life-changing questions from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. You ready? I can't hear that. What? Okay, good. <clears throat> Number one. First question, jumping into the deep end. Are you ready to die? woo I, I wore the shirt for that same, for just for this question. It's it's my, this is my Good Friday shirt. And uh, I didn't get a chance to wear it on Good Friday. And I was like, hey, this would be a good Sunday for me to wear. It's got all these crosses and it looks like I'm ready to you know do a funeral or something like that but are you ready to die now I wanna warn you this is not a question that's measuring how brave you are okay I met a lot of fools when I share the gospel and they tell me I'm ready to die man I'm ready to die I got my I got my things in order my family knows how much I love them Uh, I paid off all my debts I'm not gonna be a pain to society when I die I am ready to die I'm willing to shake the hands of death and look at it straight in the eye this is not a question that's asking you to measure up how brave you are to breathe your last but this is a question that's asking you are you fooling yourself telling yourself that you are ready to die and go into eternity are you fooling yourself by by, by putting on a a facade a fake uh, you know a fake behavior so that people will look at you as like wow what a great guy man what an impact he's making in society wow what a great preacher wow how great that guy is like giving away money to the poor are you fooling yourself with the with the applause of people around you and you're fooling yourself thinking that you actually are a good person but when you actually stop to ponder the question are you ready to die you know that you're not right with jesus and you are not ready to go into eternity because right now where you're sitting, you're sitting in fear. Are you ready to die? Let's jump into this. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1 and Solomon starts off with an illustration. This guy drives me crazy because in 12 verses, he's all over the place, man. It's like a shotgun shell. It just sprays everywhere. It's not tightly wound. And um, I think by the grace of God, we've been able to cinch it well together so that we'll be able to track with this. But look at this. He starts with an illustration. He says, A good name is better than precious ointment And the day of death is better than the day of birth. I was considering preaching on this one verse. um, Because it's packing a huge punch right over here. He says a good name is better than precious ointment. Let's look at that real quick. The ointment is talking about is not medication, it's not medicine. Even though perfume was used as medicine. He's talking about sweet smelling aroma. It's better, um, or a good name is better than the sweet smelling aroma. Uh, Back in the day, if you would picture walking on dusty streets riding on a donkey and uh, not having a good place for you to be able to go shower um, and you're going on your first date you don't want to smell like a donkey you know so to cover your body odor you'd use perfume you use good perfume uh, to to smell good and Solomon is saying hey uh, you can use perfume to cover your body odor but there's nothing you can do to cover your character your character will be revealed because character is as character does and sooner or later you'll be known for the character that you keep. How does this tie into the second part of what he's saying? How is this an illustration to the second part of saying the day of death is better than the day of birth? Let me elaborate on this illustration a little bit, please track with me about perfume and how a good name is better than sweet smelling ointment. In Mark chapter 14 jesus is in bethany not too far away from jerusalem and he's in a house of a man named man called uh, simon and it says he's simon the leper this is different from lazarus this is simon the leper not that simon was still a leper it could be possible that jesus healed him of his leprosy and uh, they're celebrating together people loved hanging out with jesus and so he's sitting in this guy's house and a woman shows up uninvited and she has a jar of perfume much bigger than this i'm sure but sweet smelling perfume and was very expensive and uh, last week I was telling you about how Mary pours the perfume on Jesus feet this is different this woman comes and she pours the perfume on Jesus head Um, and what happens is in Mark chapter 14 verse 4 it says some of those at the table were indignant was indignant even mean they were peed off I don't think you can say that in church Uh, they were really upset They were mad and they said, why waste such expensive perfume? See, I sound like an American, right? Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Wow. This is the illustration that I need to illustrate, okay, what Solomon's writing. The woman's perfume is not to cover up her character. The woman's perfume actually reveals her character, but these guys are using her perfume to try to cover up the hypocrisy. You tracking with me? because they are there saying oh my gosh we are going to use this money to feed the poor oh my gosh you wasted it you are such a waster and you are a prostitute you are a terrible woman what are you doing trying to impress Jesus with your perfume but lo and behold Jesus he knows what's up he's a man who can read what's in people's hearts because he's fully God and fully man and it says in verse 7 you will always have the poor among you Allah love how Jesus rebukes this person uh, that's that scolding her that's yelling at her mm, isn't that the Jesus that you love who stands up for the oppressed who stands up for the people who are downtrodden he says you will always have the poor among you you hypocrites you can always put on your shirt out of taking care of the poor and caring for people and you can help them whenever you want to but you will not always have me She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. Hey, I want you to listen to this. Solomon is saying, better is the day of birth, uh, better is the day of death than your day of birth. And you know what? Solomon is writing purely from a perspective under the sun. But I want you to know that your death day will not be rejoiced if you do not know Jesus. Join us this Sunday at The Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website www.thelivingchurchboise.com Visit our website for service time and address.